0: Welcome to the Learn Guitar Podcast from the National Guitar Academy, the podcast that makes you a better guitarist. We're going to share some of our best guitar tips with you, we'll discuss chords and chord technique, we'll share some lead guitar secrets, we'll tell you how to sound more rhythmic and musical, and we're going to teach you some music theory. I'm your host, Mike Kennedy, and joining me today are Jack Taylor and Andy Hignett. So let's get started with our first segment, Lead Lines. Before we dive into the show, please let me just say up front that we really want your feedback on this show. We want to help you uh, tell us what you want to hear. You can email us at podcast at nationalguitaracademy.com. We read every email and we'd love to get your feedback. Lead lines is the part of the show when we discuss lead guitar techniques, scales, riffs, solos, and other secondary guitar techniques. Okay, Jack, this week we thought that we'd um, have a little uh, quick chat about keys, and how fundamental they are to a lead guitarist and all lead guitar technique in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Kick us off, mate. Keys. Talk to me about keys. Why are they so important?
1: So they're really important for lead guitarists just because if you don't know what the key is, you don't know what scales you need to play, you don't know what chords you need to play. They just help, help inform you and help you sound good when you're playing lead guitar.
0: Great summary. Andy, from a lead guitar point of view, why is it so important
2: for you to know a song's key? Uh, which, also just be thinking about keys in general, yeah. you know. Well, basically, the key will tell you what notes will work, yeah, and those are the ones you want to be playing. You want to play the ones that will work okay. in can, the song. can you just repeat that again? Because, like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the secret of lead yes. guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Play notes that work, and yeah. um, don't play notes that don't work. Yeah, yeah. you just said then yeah.
0: perfect description. The key will tell you what yeah. notes will work. And I think for years and years, I didn't realise that... Mm. If you wanted to play lead guitar over, you know, a certain part of music, I never knew what to play and it was just a kind of... It was always a bit fraught, really, because I was just like, I'll try this note, you know, and just hope that it worked. But the sort of breakthrough, you know, moment for me was, I don't know, it was was literally years before I knew this, was that, you know, if you want to know notes that will work over a key, you need to just play a scale that matches the key of the song. Yeah. So if a song is in the key of C major, you can play any note within the scale of C major and you know it'll sound okay.
2: Yeah.
0: And that was a big breakthrough for me. Yeah. It's like people are like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's a bit obvious like, duh, you know," but <laughs> until somebody actually tells you yeah. that or you figure it out, you yeah. don't know. Yeah. Okay, so a quick example of that. I'm going to play some chords here in C major. Now Jack's going to come in playing um, some notes from the scale of C major. One, two, three, four. Okay, so and we know, we know that those that they're going to sound, that they're going to work together because they're literally like the key you're playing in perfectly matches mm-hmm. the key that I'm playing in. Um, so, so Jack, let's imagine that I'm listening to this podcast at home. I'm, you know, you know relatively new guitarist. I want to get started with lead guitar, but I'm a bit intimidated by, like, those guitar hero types that you see shredding nuts, yeah, yeah. you know. Just break it down, like, really, really simple. Someone wants to get started with lead guitar. You know, keys are the they're the secret, aren't they, really, yeah. to understanding keys? What could they do? Give them some specific steps that they can follow.
1: So, like, one step you could follow is, like, to try and find out the key of a song. Maybe look at the first chord and the last chord, which will help you determine what key it is. So, for example, if the first chord is C major and the last chord is C major as well, there's a fairly high chance that your song is going to be in the key of C. And if it's C major, that means you can play a C major scale. So you've got a direct link there between the key of the song and the scale type which you're going to use.
0: Okay, so step one, if you want to play lead guitar over any piece of music, any song, step one is diagnose the key of the song. So that's like literally the absolute first thing you should be thinking is, what key is this song in? Now, we'll speak about that in, in, in just a sec, but step one is figure out what the key of the song is. Step two is then play in a scale that matches that key. So as Jack said, let's say, for example, a song was in the
2: key of G, then if you play notes from the scale of G major, then you know that will work. I was going to say as well, I think um, you can always just use pentatonic scales rather than full major or minor scales because uh, they're a bit more forgiving Yes. So if we do take the first chord of the, the song, even if it's not actually the key, if we match up the pentatonic with that, it will work. Even if it's not the key proper, it will still work. Pentatonics, I think, you know, yeah, they're more forgiving, aren't they? Yeah. They're
0: more portable. You can yeah. move them around a bit yeah. more and get
2: away with more. Yeah. They're a bit easier to play physically as well. They don't have as many notes. Oh, yeah, a bit way, to
0: way, 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 mm-hmm. way easier.
2: Mm.
0: OK, so I hope that that's helped, guys. It's just a really quick sort of introduction into, you know, getting started with lead guitar you know step number 1 is um is figure out the key of the song and step number 2 is play in a scale that works with that key and the easiest way to do that is to just match it exactly so right super quick jack let's say a song is in the key of a minor mm-hmm. what scale would you play uh like a minor pentatonic okay so if the key were a minor you would play in a minor yep perfect okay uh let's say that
2: there were a track in D major and D. Mm. What what key will work? Uh, well, I'd either use the D major scale yeah. or I might use a D major pentatonic scale.
0: Okay, and we know that they'll sound Ace. Yes. Perfect. Okay. And then just one last point to make on that, and we'll go into this stuff in detail we'll go into this in much more detail in the future. Um but you know, if you want to lend something a bluesy edge, then you can play in a minor. So if the track were D major and you wanted to play in D minor, a D minor pentatonic that would often work, yeah. but it would lend a bluesy edge that sometimes you don't want. Yeah. So generally, if you figure out the key of the song and it's D for argument's sake, then we know D major will work, but a D minor pentatonic could be fun to explore too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so there we go. There's plenty for people to get started with there. <laughs> now if you want help diagnosing keys and understanding what scales work with keys, then you'll find that in the bonus pack for this episode. For each podcast episode, we create a bonus pack that expands on what we've discussed in the episode. Each bonus pack includes video lessons, diagrams, chord boxes, practice materials, basically stuff that, you know, expands on what we've discussed in the podcast. There's only so much we can do in audio form, and the bonus pack is basically your way of, you know, getting access to our other material that helps with whatever the topic might be. So to download the bonus pack for this episode, go to nationalguitaracademy.com podcast one. And now it's time for our next segment, Quick Chords. Quick Chords. Quick Chords. Quick Chords is the part of the show when we discuss chords and chord technique. So Andy, you're going to share a, a cool
2: chord with us this week. Yeah. It, this chord is... <laughs> That's a D major sus 9. Bit um, of a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> I love this chord because it has this complicated, impressive sounding name, but it's actually really easy to play. Give us it again, so, mate. Let's hear it again. Really nice chord. Yeah. It's got a nice, jangly, sort of ethereal sound. Almost. Really nice. I think it sounds really nice to, to go to an E from there.
0: Chord now, even though yeah. it's got a very long-winded name, yeah. it's actually very, very simple to play. Yeah. We had a bit of a chat about how to um how to sort of elegantly describe chords in an audio format. It's obviously much easier to do some of this stuff in video because you can just show it. But what we thought would probably be the, the easiest way to do this would be to just spell the tab for the chord. So the tab for this particular chord is XXO220. Is that right? XXO 220. That's, right. that's the yeah, one. that's great. To see the chord box for the chord that we've discussed here, check out the bonus pack for this episode, which you can get at nationalguitaracademy.com podcast one. And now it's time for our next segment, Tips and Advice. Tips and Advice is the part of the show when we answer your questions about guitar and music culture. If you've got a question for us, please email us a podcast at nationalguitaracademy.com and we'll try our best to help you out. Okay, Jack, kick us off. We've got a couple of emails this week. Uh, well, we actually we got, we got hundreds of emails <laughs> yeah, this week, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to say just take a moment really just to say thank you to everybody I asked for um people to send us in questions and ideas for the podcast and we were just snowed under with stuff. <laughs> it was uh, it was absolutely awesome. Thank you guys. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be working our way through them for months, I think. Uh, but, yeah, Jack, we, we picked out a couple before we uh, started, so it takes away.
1: Cool. So this one's from Bob Chisnell. He says, Hi, Mike. One thing that could be helpful is how to play my guitar with other players and singers. I play and practice a lot with my drum machine, but have never played in front of anyone or with anyone. Thanks for including me in your mail. I love what you're doing. So thanks for that. Thanks for that. Bob. Okay.
0: Brilliant question from from Bob. Um Wow, I could talk about this one all day,
2: Andy. What do you uh, What do you think? So, what What advice would you give to Bob? Uh, well, first, you need to meet some new musicians. Um, that would be a good start. Um, a great yeah. place to do that would be things like open mic nights, jam nights. If um, you go along there and start mingling, you've um, got to get out there, haven't you? But, yeah. The yeah. great The great thing about something like an open mic night is it's usually a fairly informal environment. So um, you know, it's great if you just want to get up and start jamming with people or. Get up and have a go or Andy is the open mic king, yeah. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Just, yeah, usually the audience won't be too judgmental if you're a bit rusty or you're a bit new to it, if you haven't played live before, people are usually a bit understanding of that. Yeah. Um, they, or, it's you, quite yeah. it's quite
0: intimidating, isn't it, for a lot of people, yeah, the idea of standing so. up and playing in front of other people. Yeah. But open mic nights are a good place to get started because yeah. Like without being sort of cruel about it, the standard tends not to be that high. Yeah. Like yeah. there's always someone who's worse than you. <laughs> you know, so like, if, you yeah. want, if you're
2: worried about you know, yeah. Publicly
0: shaming yourself, it's like, dude, yeah. don't
2: worry about it. You know. Yeah. Well, th- the thing is, as well, if if um, there's yeah. any problems with your performance, people will, will usually give you some positive feedback. Yeah. You know, they're they're usually there for that. They'll they'll come and tell you how they think you could improve whereas at a gig they might not do that they might just leave. Yeah. Um <laughs> but and that's absolutely true. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean the the other thing to remember is that, you know, I mean just to, you know, go I guess going back to Bob's question there specifically, in my opinion, nothing improves you more than playing with other musicians yes, because true. you learn from them, but also you have to become much more flexible as a musician to react dynamically to whatever mm-hmm. is happening. So you know, to me, the whole end goal of blending an instrument is to play with other people. Um, but I know so, so many of our students are just like bedroom players or, you know, like they just play at home in the living room and they don't actually get out there. Um, and I think I think most of that, I think it's because of fear. I think it's that people are sort of they don't think they're good yeah. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some terrible, like, professional guitarists out there, so I don't think people need to feel bad yeah, about it. Man. You've just got to get out there and, yeah. like, and, and, and get in touch with other people, you yeah. know. Um, I, but I think what you said before, Andy, about you've, you've got to meet those other musicians, that's the starting point, isn't it? You've got to get out there, yeah. you know, whether it's, you know, you're finding people online or locally, yeah. you put an advert in your local guitar shop, um, you know, where you go on Facebook, you go along to events. I think you have to be proactive about it. It's not going to just happen. You have yeah. to make it happen. You know, yeah. you have to go out there and do it.
1: I think, as a side note as well, if if you don't really feel like you are ready for going out and playing live, like take some videos of yourself and upload them to a social media platform like Facebook or Twitter. Or like um, another one that I've done recently is do like Facebook live stream because it's essentially like a mini gig and you you don't really know who's gonna like click on live and it's kind of like playing a gig in your bedroom. So that's a really great way of like doing something and
0: preparing yourself for the live environment. Like Brilliant idea, absolutely love that one. Um, okay, so I hope we've given you a few tips there, Bob, that, you know, that are sort of practical, um, that can help. I mean I think overwhelmingly we all think it's a fantastic idea to get out there and play with other musicians. Um and I can't emphasize strongly enough how much better it makes you, you know, so I, I think that's what I don't necessarily think that's what a lot of guitarists go looking for when they play with other people. I think they go to sort of have fun and, you know, and have that experience. Yeah. I don't think people actually go to that, most of them, to become a better guitarist. But wow, like it really does make Perhaps. you a much better one. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So we've got another question there, Jack. Um, take us on to the next question.
1: Yeah, so this next question is from Michaela Latova. She says, Hi Mike, congrats on getting the podcast started. The one problem I have is getting from playing notes on the guitar to playing music.
0: So how do you make the, the transfer over? Um, Michaela thank you so much for asking this question this is something that um, that you know I've been asked a lot of times over the years I think first and foremost what we have to do is kind of define you know because it's kind of it's a little bit vague isn't it Michaela's email is like how do I get from notes to music so I think you know lots of people don't necessarily understand when they first start learning guitar Um, you know that if you if you this is why i prefer people to be chord focused so for me every guitarist in in the world should begin learning chords and i don't i don't believe people need to think about notes when they first start playing i don't think it's it's important at all i think it holds you back i think chords are the best starting place for guitarists to begin you learn in a more balanced way and you become a better and more well-rounded guitarist if you begin with chords um so so i guess to answer Michaela's question directly, I would try and stop thinking about the guitar as notes mm-hmm. and start thinking about it as chords mm-hmm. and start stitching some chords together, playing songs that you love. Um, you know, you guys both know my sort of whole teaching philosophy really is built around people playing music that they love. Mm-hmm. Not rubbish that they get given by the guitar teacher, like yeah. Yeah, sure. Happy Birthday or Twinkle Twinkle little yeah, yeah. Star. You know, it's like pick yeah. songs that you personally love yeah. and play them.
1: I think the problem is, is like, when I, when I was in school anyway, like I started off learning like clarinet and saxophone and stuff like that. And none of those instruments can play chords. But when people think about music, they put guitar in this category and they think, oh, you must learn all the notes then because that's what everyone else is doing. Yeah. But 99% of the time in my own real world work as a guitarist, I've only had to play a handful of notes most of your works as chords. because you're one of the... Yeah only instruments that can actually do it so stick with chords and play music you love and that's a great way to start off I and mean, you know
0: yeah I think I think it's a it's a great point Jack you know is that generally what I would say you know generally there's no absolute rules in music but in my experience from all the guitarists that I've seen they tend to progress to more note-based stuff as they get more advanced so I think to begin with people want to be thinking about chords and of course they want to start learning the lead guitar and scales and stuff like that as they get better I think what happens is, as you get more, you know, as you get more skill with the instrument, as you start understanding music theory a bit more, naturally your focus can become more note focused yeah. rather than chord focused. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's definitely not something I think a, a beginner guitarist needs yeah. to worry about. Yeah. Andy, what do you think, mate? What, what advice would you give to Michaela?
2: Yeah, I agree. As well chords are easier to play as well. Um, to play a single note on a guitar, we have to be really careful with. Our picking hand, we have to be accurate. Make, yeah. Make sure. So, if we want to play this note, I have to make sure I don't accidentally hit the other notes. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with a chord, we can just we can just um, get get straight into it and play all the strings. So it's a little bit easier to do. And when, once we get a little bit more articulate with our hands, then we can start doing things like playing single notes and picking out melodies and so on. So I think just to
0: give Michaela some absolutely you know specific, specific step by step you know um, things that you that she can follow. I think step number one is um, make a list of five songs that you absolutely love. So not not tracks that you think are okay, you know, or that you know pick five songs that you absolutely adore. Step two, go on the internet, go to Ultimate Guitar or somewhere, find out what the chords are for for that track. You know, so I don't know. Let's say, for argument's sake, it's I don't know. Uh, Sweet Child of Mine, you know, by Guns N' Roses or something. You know, you might just want to type Sweet Child of Mine chords into Google and then, you know, you'll find the tab for that on Ultimate Guitar probably. And then practice those chords uh, with that track, you know, and just, you know, if, make sure it's music that you... If The good thing about it, if it's music that you really love, is that you'll enjoy your practice time, but also it's music that you know well, so that tends to really help with your timing. You don't want to be learning something brand new, a piece of music that you've never heard before. Um, so I hope that gives you some specific tips there Michaela that you can follow um, to get started with that because of course the aim is for you to be making music as quickly as possible okay we're going to move on to the next section of the show now which is rhythm section Rhythm section is the part of the show when we discuss how to boost your rhythmic ability and make your guitar playing sound more musical. Now this week we're going to discuss, uh, very quickly, just getting started with
2: fingerpicking. Andy, what is fingerpicking? Well, f- fingerpicking is one way we can play guitar, um, rather than using a plectrum or a pick to yep. strum the strings, rather than strumming them in one big block of notes, we can some separate the notes out. Um using all the fingers of the hand or we can play more rhythmically like that but nice. using the fingers to pluck the strings rather than a it's kick. giving us much more texture
0: isn't it yeah so rather than kind of as you said you know like presenting chords in a block of notes yeah. we're taking the time to articulate individual notes yeah. from within that chord jack when you think about finger picking when you explain it to your students how do you sort of present it to them
1: I kind of think of it as like it's a more delicate way to kind of approach guitar playing. It just gives you kind of more options from a practical point of view. I always just think you can use your thumb, first finger, and your second finger. And if you're getting started, that's all you really need to use for the first kind of six months. Yeah. Once you've kind of done that, expand and using your third and your fourth as
0: well. So finger picking is um, probably, yeah, I mean, when I play sort of just at home. Um, most of the time i 'm finger picking to be honest like, i didn 't sort of go didn 't you know years ago well that wasn 't the case, but now I tend to mostly i play without a pick mm. just because I like feeling the connection with the instrument yeah. you know just playing with the fingers but I definitely you know think beginners it 's always best to start off with a pick, but I always encourage people to play with the fingers as well yeah. you know to just to get that connection with the instrument so just to reiterate the point you made before, Jack, that I think 's super important is. Lots of people get overwhelmed when they start trying to learn finger picking because they try to use too many fingers um, and when I've sort of gone through it with students when they first begin playing, I just get them to literally use the thumb and the first finger mm-hmm. and just get used to that kind of alternating pattern of thumb, finger, thumb yeah. finger, thumb finger, and then broaden it out to include the middle finger, yeah and exactly as you said, I just tell people to just stick with that for months mm. and months and months, you know just get comfortable seeing what you can play with your thumb and your first and middle finger. And you can create some crazy, like really, really intricate, you know, yeah. nice patterns just using those, those three fingers. And then don't worry about introducing your ring finger or your little finger until way, way, way later. I think another thing that, you know, thinking of questions that students always ask me about finger picking, they think there are like set patterns that they need to play. And there are some patterns that work over each chord. But what I'd say is something that maybe a lot of people don't realise is that when you hear somebody finger-picking, all they're actually doing 99% of the time is just playing the notes from within that chord. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, the chord sequence was C to G. Do me a favour, Jack. Like Any timing, Mm -hmm. just play it, just bounce back and forth between a C and a G as strumming, not as Mm -hmm. finger-picking, please. Strumming. Mm Okay, so what we've got there is chords being presented as blocks. Okay, so now literally make any order you want, any pattern you want, just pick those notes out instead of strumming them all in one block. Nice. So when you were playing there, you were just literally just picking out any note. Yeah, basically, yeah. There was no like specific, special pattern you were playing. You You were literally just pulling notes out. And I think that's a really important piece of information that most people don't realize is there's no special like secret way you know yeah. you're literally just picking out you know notes from that chord, and there are some notes that work better than others, but none of them will sound bad you know yeah um, and I always think I always encourage people to just play around with it mm. um, and just get their fingers moving because it feels so weird to begin with, you know yeah. Andy, if you had a student that wanted to get started with finger-picking, like specifically, what's the first step that you would
2: tell them to do? Uh, um, there is a sort of very traditional classical pattern, which is just to literally do the open low E, and then the open G, the open B, the open high E, like that. Okay. And so you sort of go up and down so that pattern. So we're playing the absolute lowest string here. Yeah. And then... And the three highest, so and then the three highest, it's nothing else matters. I mean, Metallic, <laughs> yeah, <it>? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it. What's good about that pattern is if you keep that pattern quite relentless, you can change the chords as long as you've got um, a root note on the bottom. So you could play like the open three, which is an E minor, yeah, and then put a G on, yeah. And the great thing about that is the. The picking hand doesn't have to do a lot of thinking. It, you can just keep that pattern going around, but the, the, by bringing our like left hand or the fretting hand um, in, we can change the sound of it quite a lot just by putting a chord on. Yeah, because you're basically getting the, the low end and the high yeah. end there on you. It's yeah. got a
0: nice dynamic to it, I think, like, yeah. that particular pattern. Okay, I hope you found that useful, guys. It's given you some new things to think about to get you started with finger picking. Fantastic technique, really good one to explore. To get more materials that will help you understand finger-picking and get started with finger-picking, download the bonus pack for this episode, which you can find at nationalguitaracademy.com slash podcast1. Okay, we're going to move on to the next section of, t- of the show, which is theory tips. theory tips. Okay, Theory Tips is the part of the show where we share some bite-sized music theory tips. Most guitar learners are a bit intimidated by theory, uh, but this is where some of the best breakthroughs come from. Okay, this week we're going to talk about time signatures. Right? We're going to keep this quite brief because we don't want the podcast to get too long. Um, but Andy, give us, um,
2: give us an overview, mate. What are time signatures? So a time signature, if you ever look at a normal piece of um, sheet music or whatever, you'll see usually two numbers at the beginning and usually you're going to see a four on top of another four mm-hmm. sometimes you might see something like a three on top of another four and the bottom number, the bottom four isn't what we need to worry about so much it's the top number and that tells us uh, how many beats we have in a bar okay, that sounds uh, scary, I'm, yeah. I'm terrified right yeah. now okay, this is getting really yeah.
0: complex But the, the easy, so,
2: easiest way to explain it is to play it really uh, let's say we were in four four. That means we have four beats in a bar. Nice. So that might sound on guitar. It might sound like. <laughs> what you can hear there is every four strums. We're getting an emphasis. We're getting a suddenly a, a, a bolder sounding chord. So we're getting one, two, three, four, one, two. one, two, three, four. One, two. so the beats are coming out as in fours whereas if i strum it like this what we notice there is we're getting threes we're getting an emphasis every three so that's in 3/4 yeah
0: so what's the like how does how does this benefit us cha how does understanding a song's time signature like why does it matter it's really useful for your, um your, like, rhythm playing. Like, it's kind of like the rhythmic equivalent
1: of what lead guitar is. If you don't know what the time signature is, you're going to really struggle to play a coherent um, strumming pattern. Mm, the yeah. same way if you don't know what the key of a song is, you don't really know what notes to play. It's the rhythmic version of that, really.
0: Okay, and in my experience, like, most popular music is in 4 and yeah. 4. Yeah, most is. Um, not all, but, but, but most of it is. And I always think it's useful for people to kind of think in, like, fours if you know what i mean in terms of the timing in terms of the strumming just in terms of how they count and kind of divide songs up as they're learning um but yeah i I think you know understanding time signatures or at least just being aware of them is really useful if you're looking at you know like a musical stave you know and you want to like see how something's
2: laid out yeah if you're playing in a group as well somewhat if you're counting in we want to make sure we count in the right number of beats. Yeah. So, if, so everyone's, <laughs> if everyone's starting at the same time, we want to make sure we all know what beat we're coming in on. So that can be quite helpful. Perfect.
0: Okay, I hope you found that useful, guys. Just a quick theory tip. To see an example of how time signatures work and how you can recognise them, download the bonus pack for this episode, which you can get at nationalguitaracademy.com/podcast1. And now we're going to move on to the last segment of the show which is one last thing. One last thing before you go. One last thing
1: before you go.
0: Okay, one last thing is the part of the show where we leave you with a parting gift, so something randomly cool or interesting about music or guitar culture. Um, Jack, what have you been up to this week, mate? Have you got um, do you have a one last thing to share with our audience?
1: Yeah, so this week um, I've been practicing basically my girlfriend as a singer, and um, I've been tasked with the challenge of working out a really intense jazz tune.
0: Oh, it sounds like you're enjoying that. It's you've it, been it, tasked with the challenge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be fair, I have been really enjoying it, but it's it's like really difficult. It took me about a month to just work out one minute of the song, and like oh, my God. ear is pretty good, so yeah, it took me a long time. But yeah, it um, must
0: be pretty hardcore because you're like you know an advanced you know very. you know like accurate player you know so that must be must be pretty tough yeah i'll
1: give you a quick snippet just to see so you can hear what i've kind of been doing so So just to be clear, there, nice. I haven't got a secret second guitarist in my pocket <laughs> playing all the bass lines. That's me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah like Very, very. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty brave, actually, Jack. To like <laughs> to, to play something, you learn it. You're actually learning yeah. at the moment on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So all of those like weird bass line stuff, it's like you need an extra finger or something, don't you? To do yeah, really, that. Really, really tricky. Andy, what have you been up to this week, mate? Have you got a, a one last thing that you'd like to share with the audience?
2: Uh, well, over well, uh, the weekend, I went down to London to uh watch a concert um I watched the Senseless Things, who are a rather good indie rock band from the early nineties and who have reformed so that was quite good I can see your sport in the hoodie oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. so that was uh, you went to the merch stand yeah good so that, man. Was a, that was
0: a great gig <laughs> yeah. very good and i think my um uh, my one last thing for this episode would be. Uh, Would be to encourage people to check out Roger Waters. So Roger Waters is uh, was the primary uh, songwriter and um, yeah, the sort of driving force behind Pink Floyd or behind like Pink Floyd's best periods, in in my opinion. And his his solo stuff is really really overlooked and it's so cool. I've just been listening to it a lot lately. So Radio Chaos, Pros and Cons of Hitchhiking, Amused to Death. They're just brilliant albums. You know, if you're interested in. You know any of Pink? If you like any of Pink Floyd stuff, those three albums are superb, and I've kind of rediscovered them lately and really enjoyed them. Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, guys. Um, Please, please give us your feedback. You know this is your show. Um, You know we've spent quite a long time trying to put it together in a format that works, but I very much see this as something that will evolve as time goes by. We can ditch segments or add different segments. We can make it shorter or longer or whatever but please give us your feedback so we know what works for you. Please let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at podcast at nationalguitaracademy.com. We want to help you, so please let us know what you want to hear. And also let us know what you think works well in the show and what could be better. Lastly, if you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. Five-star reviews will help the show grow, and they also help other guitar learners find our work. So if you've enjoyed this podcast and you want to help us out, we'd appreciate it enormously if you'd leave us a review. Thanks so much for your support and we'll see you again next time. For each podcast, we create a bonus pack that expands on what we've discussed in the episode. Each bonus pack includes video lessons, diagrams, chord boxes, and practice materials. Basically, lots of stuff that builds on the things we've discussed in the podcast. To download the bonus pack for this episode, go to nationalguitaracademy.com/podcast1.